2: Everyone and welcome into attacking third CBS Sports Soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's segment, we've got a Chicago Red Stars. Preview. We're doing team-by-team team previews here at Attacking Third, so make sure you leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. We're also on YouTube, so hit subscribe at youtube.com slash Attacking Third to get all sorts of exclusive NWSL content, previews, recap, interviews right here with A3. The NWSL regular season kicks off on March 25th, so make sure you watch all the games on Paramount+. Plus. And that's right. We're doing every single team preview podcast and on YouTube. So go ahead and tell your friends. Let's chat all about Chicago Red Stars. Let's start with a team overview, Lisa. Head coach, Chicago Red Stars head coach, Chris Petricelli. Second year for Petricelli with Chicago Red Stars. They hired him out of uh, SMU collegiately, there was a lot of uh, question marks around how this team was going to uh, fill this head coaching role after uh, the departure of former head coach Roy Dames. Uh, They went ahead with Petrocelli. It sort of felt like when we talked about this hire initially, kind of felt like a little bit of a safe hire. They wanted to make sure that they got somebody in here to go ahead and just roll with the coaching, the assistant coaching staff that was in Mm -hmm. place at the time and Go ahead and and get this team together and make sure they had a safe and comfortable environment to compete in moving forward. So going into this regular season, uh, they said farewell to some former uh, assistants. Um, Julian Stitch uh, play, uh, coaching uh, men's uh, D3 uh, with University of Chicago uh, has had a great success with the, with that team uh, and they went ahead and had to maybe make some more hires uh, to sort of flesh out their technical staff and probably the biggest and most notable promotions and hires was the announcement of Michelle Lomnicki, no longer the mm-hmm. associate or assistant GM, but full general manager of the Chicago Red Stars. And they also announced Ella Massar as assistant coach was previously with Kansas City Current in 2022. So trying to make some upgrades in certain areas for this team, really just on the front office and technical staff side of things. And that's not including uh, the roster, which we'll get into in a little bit. But this team finished their 2022 in sixth place, they made a return to the playoffs uh, with a nine, six, and seven record. Uh, fell in the quarterfinals to San Diego Wave FC. Um, and we were looking at this team as, as maybe one of those teams who needed to make sure that they try to retain a number of free agency because Chicago Red Stars were the only team with seven free agents uh, heading into this offseason. And we knew that it was going to be a challenge for this franchise to try and retain any of them, really, uh, let alone all seven of them. So kind of taking a look at what they lost in the offseason – in terms of the free agency period, taking you know into consideration how they navigated their draft. At that point, they really needed to try to utilize the draft to to bulk up um, some of the roster and taking a look at at just general moves, like what was Michelle Omniki going to, to, to bring to Chicago and and she delivered, in my opinion, a couple of important pieces, but all things considered we ended up giving them a C plus for their off season grade. Um, Yes. They uh, lost a lot of players to free agency and maybe you can't hold a team at fault for that because players are going to exercise their right to free agency as they fought hard for in the collective bargaining agreement. But that also means that you as a franchise can try to dabble in that as well and try to make some signings. And they did resign Aaron, Wright. They did resign Yuki Nagasato. And while they turned three selections into a four-player selection for the draft, they essentially still just have three players on this roster because Grace Yelcom has uh, declined to go pro due to an ongoing uh, undisclosed illness. So we'll not uh, be making the leap to pro. So uh, taking all these things in consideration, we gave them a C plus. Um, I'm still comfortable with that grade. I think you're still comfortable with that grade, but was there anything within this off season that really kind of jumps out for you, Uh, that maybe symbolizes that the Red Stars will be competitive and be okay in this regular season. Um. No.
1: <laughs> I'm going to be really honest with that. No, I think it, they suffered a lot of loss. Chicago mm-hmm. suffered a lot of loss. We saw it, it's almost back-to-back years for this team dealing with a lot of changes, uh, whether it's in the front office or, or on their roster. And to lose seven free agents means you're not just losing seven players on your roster. You're losing seven starters, seven veterans, seven players that that have also been with Chicago for a significant amount of time. And in some of those names, a a lot of people, a a lot of players, when they got to Chicago, they usually started there and they stayed there. Um, And to kind of see a a little bit of a mass exodus from Chicago, I I think, says a lot about um, kind of how that club was for many years and now that they are trying to change things and, and turn things around I think it's great that Yuki Nagasato has re-signed with this Chicago Red Stars team after um, being traded back last year from Racing Louisville to Chicago and also Aaron Wright solidifying herself in the in the defensive end um, that's a really good get for Chicago it, I mean in terms of like the club no I think they deserve a c-plus I don't think they did anything too crazy in the offseason but individually they've got some great players that have worked their tails off. I mean, uh, look at someone like a Tierna Davidson coming back from injury. She was just called in with the U.S. Women's National Team. Um, I think she had a great offseason personally. I think Mallory Swanson had a great offseason, formerly Pew, Mallory Pugh of, of the Red Stars and the U.S. Women's National Team. Swanson had a fantastic offseason. So individually, yeah, they, they want to win and they want to do great. But as a club, I'm just not so entirely sure how it's going to come together because yeah, I give them the C plus And, and yeah. when we look at the roster for Chicago, they, they taught, they got some good players. I think that will bulk some things up for them, but overall it wasn't anything too, too crazy. Right. With, the trade with Angel City getting someone like a Kerry Ricaro in the midfield that was needed, that was necessary for this this roster for the Red Stars because they lost a lot in their midfield, a lot of attacking power and presence. And Ricaro is a player that can defensively lock things down, but also contribute in the offensive end, score some goals. I think I'd really like to see the partnership between a Kerry Ricaro and a Mallory Swanson how that develops. I think that could be very fun to see.
2: Oh, no, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Uh, I think we're looking at some of those off-season moves for the team. They came, they came in later stages of the off-season for Chicago. There was a window of time there. I mean, we're talking about free agency kicking off, like really taking off in mid-November. And Chicago making some of these moves kind of around the draft and post-draft as well. So we're talking – just a couple of weeks before preseason really gets rolling for some of these teams uh Kari Ricaro that trade w- with Angel City uh for i believe it was $65,000 in, in allocation money oh, wow. um i think if Ricaro can um sort of mimic what she did for Angel City in 2022 and even just build on that just a little bit, maybe you add another goal, or maybe you add like two more assists. Even that could be the difference maker uh, for this team that has lost so much in its midfield. Uh, but, you know, making, announcing the sign, the signing of uh, Julia Bianchi, you know, we're talking a lot of excitement around um, Brazilian players who have uh representation across so many clubs right now in NWSL uh, exiting a Sheba Leaves cup with a lot of different players for people who are getting maybe a first glimpse at some of these players in action um, with their NWSL side. So I thought that that was a very good signing and Bianchi, I mean, this is a player who was rated with uh, Palmieras pretty highly. I mean, one uh, defensive midfielder of the year, I believe multiple years, but coming off of a most recent win in that, in that award as well. So, I think there's going to be – there's good things on paper for this Chicago Red Stars, but there's also a lot of loss for this team as well, and I think that's going to be the difference between this year and last year. There was a similar narrative around the Chicago Red Stars team in their 2022 offseason. They had a mass exodus in 2022. They had a number of players request trades and make their exit from this franchise. And we thought, how were they going to fare? Is this going to be the first year that Chicago Red Stars miss out on the playoffs? And I think the difference in that is while they had a lot of players make an exit in 2022, they still had a lot of veteran pieces on this team, whether it was a, a, a Colaprico or, Adi Bernardo, uh, even someone like an Alyssa Motts at the time who was making her way back from injury, Aaron Wright, you know, Yuki Nagasato, who had made a return from Louisville, Alyssa Nair included in that equation. But now that's not necessarily the case for this Red Stars team moving forward in 2023. So while they've got good pieces in it, there's a, these are still pieces that are going to need time to get acclimated with each other. Kari Recaro is one of those veteran pieces that maybe this team could sort of pull from and get some of these breakout performances. But this is going to be her first year with this team in Chicago Red are Same for a uh, uh, you know player like uh, Bianchi. And then this is we're not even talking about the ad- addition of youth to this team. So we've got a number of players who are going to enter their sophomore season with Chicago, and now you're going to add even more. Uh, youth in this one as well. So there's a there's a lot to to chat about for this team, I think, in terms of the what ifs and whether you go by things position by position or line by line. I think maybe that's where you're going to try to find some answers. And we're going to try to do that. We're going to go through all of Chicago's roster for everyone right after a quick break.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.
2: All right, let's chat a little bit about how Chicago's roster looks into this preseason. Alyssa Nair, Emily Boyd, uh, for the goalkeeping unit right now. Uh, Aaron Wright, Casey Kruger, Turner Davidson, Bianca St. George's, Tatum Malazzo, Kayla Sharples, Amanda Kowalski, midfielders Julia Bianchi, Addie McCain, Kari Ricardo, Jill Aguilera, Sam Fisher, Mal Swanson, Jenna Bike, uh, Yuki Nagasato, Ella Stevens, Sarah Griffith, Ava Cook, Chelsea Darber, sort of rounding out what is the first team at this point on their website. This is sort of where we just um, pulled it from and are running things down in terms of what we just rattled off and what we could see in a possible starting 11, um, I think it goes without saying you're looking at someone like an Alyssa Nair, who's going to be your likely go- starting goalkeeper. You're looking at Mallory Swanson, who's going to probably start as often as she can for this team uh, in a World Cup year. And I think there's some unknown variables, right, when we're looking at this back line. And I think that's where we really have to highlight some some question marks. Uh, Aaron Wright, I think, was a massive sign, re-signing mm-hmm. for this team out of free agency, not only did it ensure you have a versatile player uh who can comp- really has played anywhere along that back line for this team, but has also played higher for the team at times in the past. Um, but there's question marks around, you know, Casey Kruger, uh, yeah. you know, Kayla Sharples, a Tierna Davidson. Tyrina Davidson and Kayla Sharples are coming off of ACL injuries. Um, they are in what's considered like return-to-play protocols, but how that looks after not having had um any time on the pitch for an extended period of time we'll see in the early stages of the regular season. Casey Krueger uh, making her return from, uh, from maternity leave. This is um a player that I don't know if people realized was already trying to work her way back with the yeah. Chicago red Stars team at the end of 2022. It's like once they clinch that sixth and final playoff seed, um there were some some extra looks at Casey Kruger in some of these trainings leading up into um leading up into that quarter final uh match against the wave but how is Casey Kruger going to look uh you know uh, moving forward uh you know as her return from from maternity leave i, I don't know i think there's yeah. there's going to be a lot of things i think that we get a lot of answers to probably within the first <laughs> maybe the first four weeks of the season we'll have to really take a look at how The back line lines up, what they look like. Uh, Tatum Malazzo has been kind of a rock for this team on the back line for the last two seasons. How does she fit in as you are trying – as you're the coaching staff and you're trying to work back players like the Sharples or Davidson or Kruger? You know, what what does this team look like? Are we going to still see that fluctuating five back because you've got so many of these pieces returning? Yeah, I think that's one of the
1: biggest questions. And in 2022 for Chicago, it was their front line was fine. Their midfield was locked down. Like you knew what you were going to get day in and day out from their midfield. And it was their back line that really. Th- were put under pressure from, you look at someone like a Tatum Alazo, a-, a Zoe Morse, who's no longer on this roster, as players that stepped up and stepped in when when they needed to, and they did a great job, right? They, they go from a four-back to a three-back and you have two of the three in your three-back have never played before uh, in the NWSL with Chicago, and they still make the playoffs. Now, this year, it's going to be much different. The back line, I think, has a lot more stability than the, than the midfield, right? You look across that back line, as you mentioned, even a, a 70% Casey Kruger is better than most defenders in the league. Um, and Aaron Wright, to get her returning, she's going to be a name in that back line. A Tierna Davidson coming back from injury. A, a Tierna Davidson at 60 70%. Is better than most defenders in the league at this point. Um, and then yeah, I think you really have to look at someone like Tatum Malazzo as as someone that you put a lot of faith in last year and you invested a lot in as a defender, and you don't want to lose that. So I think we could see maybe a, a four back or a five back switch for Petrocelli going back to that consistent four back wing backs in, in the midfield, perhaps along with the three center backs. But I think the midfield unit with Just five players listed there um, and really zero experience between any of them playing with Chicago, right? Of course, you've got a Julia Bianchi who's going to come in and and dominate, right? She's going to play defensively, lights out in that position, um, I think them Chicago getting a player like Eddie McCain is also interesting. Um, I, I'm not ex- exactly sure where we could see her play. And I think Carrie Ricaro is a great get. And then of course you've got Jill Aguilera and Sam Fisher who were with this roster last year, but did not see a lot of time. I think that for Chicago, the biggest change this year is going to be the midfield. How are they going to come together? How are they going to play? We know that Mallory Swanson's, going to score all the goals up top. Alyssa Nair is going to get a lot of shutouts in between the net. But how easy is it for the lines to connect for Chicago when they have such an inexperienced and new midfield? And that's going to be something that's really interesting to talk about.
2: You know, it's almost like when we're looking at the possibility of like, who's the young prospect that we want to see come in here and, and make an immediate impact for this Red Stars team? It's not just this current draft class that you can really pull from. There are a handful of players who are going to enter just their sophomore year with the Red Stars. So it's like you really can pull from kind of two handfuls of players here when you're looking at – the idea or the concept of a young prospect that needs to come in and really try to have a little bit of a breakout season. When you're looking at some of these players, who are you looking for to maybe kind of get in there and make a name for themselves in 2023? In terms of some of the young players on this roster, I think we have to look at the
1: sophomores to start, in a sense. Someone like an Ava Cook that came in last year for this team and and really got a lot of consistent minutes up top. I think Ella Stevens is also on that level. How can those two players develop their game this year um, and and really step it up take what they did last year and double it and that's a really hard and tall ass to put on. To young players like that, but they're playing alongside the best player in the world right now in Mallory Swanson. How can they continue to build on that and combine with a Swanson uh, because Swanson's going to get assists as well. That's something that she's been known to do. She did it really well with Chicago last year. So can players like Cook and Stevens play off of a Swanson in order to get those goals and contribute up top? And then, of course, the draft pick, the forward out of uh, Penn State University, Penelope Hawking Um, seventh overall for Chicago this is a player that everyone's got to have your eyes on this is the best draft pick that Chicago picked up this year how can she step right into this game she played five years at at Penn State so uh, five years in college and coming out of Penn State this is a player that I think is going to be ready to go right from the start Um, and I want to see kind of how she slots into that front line I mean and I also think like during the preseason A player like Hawking is learning from someone like a Mallory Swanson and shooting on someone like Alyssa Nair. So you're automatically being forced to be better than you were a a day ago at this point. And I think that's only going to help someone like Hawking.
2: No, I'm with you 100%. I think think (laughs) Hawking, the way the draft ended up rolling out, I think it just sort of shows how highly rated – um Hawking was in terms of the forward or attacking type of prospects going into this draft. Um I think the Red Stars are were a little bit surprised that she fell to them at number seven, considering considering like all of the flurry of movement that took place. Um on draft days, So um, yeah, scored a lot of goals during her time with, with the, with USC, you know, had a really big impact for Penn state. Um, and now she's going to be with the red stars and, and hopefully um, can make that impact. Uh, I think maybe she can benefit. Like you're talking about getting these reps in, in preseason, talking about Alyssa Nair shooting against her, or getting these reps in against alongside someone like a Pew, but uh, maybe playing alongside somebody like a Yuki Nagasato, um, someone who has had a lot of experience now at this point playing in NWSL, but really across the globe. Um, and we've heard a lot uh, out of the Chicago Red Star side from players in regards to Nagasato specifically and what it has meant to them and their development playing alongside a player of her caliber. So I'm, I'm eager to see some of these young players kind of mm-hmm. maybe take a little bit of of uh, of skills, you know, and 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 uh, sort of mentality from from Nagasato, and sort of kind of put all that together on on the pitch. Um, Nagasato is someone that they are going to have with yeah. them. During the World Cup stretch, um, while she may have represented Japan in the past as a World Cup champion and an Olympic medalist, uh, Nagasato's time with the national team came to an end years ago. And uh, she will be with this team during long stretches of the World Cup. Uh, and that's why I think she's going to be one of those players that younger players are maybe going to try to latch onto a little bit for good reason. Uh, because Mal Swanson is going to play, going to be a player who's probably going to the World Cup based on her form. Yep. Uh, Alyssa Nair, the number one uh, goalkeeper for the U.S. women's national team, likely going to be absent in World Cup stretches as well. And we're high on Terna Davidson. We believe she's going to get back into the mix, get back into an international window with the national team and utilize club play. Um, to get herself back to fitness and will likely be absent in the world cup stretch as well. So that's three pretty big players uh, that this team is going to be without. I think it's important that we highlighted a little bit of what we could see in that back line in light of losing big defensive pieces in somebody like a Nair or a Davidson.
1: Yeah. I think it's massive to talk about because right now on the Chicago's roster, they've only got two goalkeepers rostered Alyssa Nair and Emily Boyd and Alyssa Nair is going to the World Cup. You can't just have one goalkeeper. So there's going to be some national team replacement players signed, perhaps. Um, looking at a little bit of depth there, I think defensively Chicago is really going to struggle during the World Cup, during uh, what is is played by those Challenge Cup, because the NWSL regular season takes a bit of a pause from July 9th through August 18th, the World Cup. July 20th through August 20th. Um, So it it will be the challenge cup during that time. But I think that, I mean, honestly this year when I'm looking at Chicago overall, their team is going to be Mallory Swanson and then like some defensive pieces that they have. But like I could imagine Chicago's score lines this year just racking up on both ends because Swanson's going to score goals at the at the rate she's going right now at the clip she's scoring goals and developing and and even her xgs her shot percentage to to goal percentage is fantastic she's going to be their entire team and how do you it, it's really a tall task for Chris Petroselli from preseason up until July when you start to lose a player like Swanson for the world cup, how do you develop the players around Swanson so they can contribute and keep um, scoring, keep getting into the attacking end without her while she's gone and the team, it'll drop off. There will be a drop off, but make sure it's not as giant as a drop off as it would be uh, when you lose a player like Swanson. And then, I mean, defensively a Davidson and Alyssa Nair, those are big holes in the back line, especially if Petrocelli only playing with three in the back.
2: We'll see. I think this leads us to our burning question for Chicago Red Stars in terms of their, uh, you know, what could lead up to their projected finish. I think there's a lot of question marks around this team uh, in terms of positional areas on the pitch. I think most significant is the midfield. For nearly a decade, this franchise had claimed – to one of the top midfielders in the league. You could look to Chicago Red Stars and say, this is the top four midfield unit that exists within the league. And now going into 2022, a lot of players who once were staples of that middle third are no longer options for this team. So they went out and made a few an acquisition, they made a signing and there's some hope there that they will try to return to respectable performances in this middle third on the pitch? And does it all lie with the midfield? Does Chicago's season live and or die with the midfield performance? Can the midfield gel and lead Chicago back to the playoffs? We know what Mallory Swanson can do and provide for this team. She is having a ridiculous start. To her, 2023. That's not a burning question for anybody. We know Mal-, yep. and Mal Swanson and what she can provide for this team. Do they have a good goalkeeper and a listener? Yes, that's not a question mark. There is the we're talking about the defense and how maybe there might be some uh, champion problems there. That there's almost too many good options to integrate back in this back line. So that's why our burning question lies with the midfield. Can this can this midfield can this middle third? gel and become a cohesive unit and really be the X factor that leads Chicago back to the playoffs.
1: It's really the biggest 180 from last year. Chicago's midfield was the most consistent, as you mentioned, for a decade in this league. And now it is the most inconsistent of any of the 12 teams in this league. And so often games are won or lost in the midfield. The only reason I think that Chicago might break that rule this year is because they've got Nair between the sticks and Swanson up top. That is the only reason that this team might get away with having a disjointed midfield. The only reason. And I think if they can get their midfield together somehow, it'll be a very different season for Chicago. But I think the burning question of of this midfield and what they're going to do and and how they can gel this year – really kind of goes hand in hand with our predicted, projected finish for Chicago in 2023. Because honestly, without Swanson on this team, even Swanson two months ago before we're seeing her form in 2023, I would have said this is a a bottom four team in Chicago. Now that they've got Swanson (laughs) and she is scoring at this clip, it yeah. it does. I mean, I hate to say that so. Much, movie, yeah. <laughs> it's, I hate to say that so much weight of a team's fate lays yeah. on one player's shoulders, but you cannot look past a player like Swanson. I think that Chicago is a team that's going to be on the playoff bubble this year. it's a little bit of a rebuild year. I think their midfield is going to be very telling after the first uh, month or so of regular season play against really good competition against other top midfields in the league. How they will fare this year, but I. I if they make the playoffs, I'm not going to be super surprised just with the top talent that they've had yeah. bookending the field in goal and up top as your striker. But this this is a team that if they're on that 6-7 team bubble, uh, that's where I think we're going to see them. Okay.
2: So you're giving them like a range. You're giving them a bubble range, but mostly mostly in that bottom half of the table. Yes. Yes. I don't know if I disagree with you 100%. But The only, again, similar to Angel City when we did a preview for them earlier, that's the silver lining in this. Mm -hmm. While we're talking about extremely impactful players for the Chicago Red Stars during a long stretch of international windows or World Cup uh, stretches of time, there are 12 teams in this league who are all going to be affected by the same thing. (laughs) And that includes the Red Stars. And it's why I feel like you can make a case for them to miss out or be a bubble team. But I also think it's the reason why you can make a case for them to sneak in. So while you have them maybe like a low four, I have them a little bit of a higher four. I'm going to go five to nine, somewhere between that. So it could either be real happy or real disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. We'll have to see. We all, we both agree that it all depends on that midfield and how they gel together. Yeah completely it does it comes down
1: to the midfield and how this team will do it's it'll be interesting to watch the chicago team
2: this year it really will all right. This is just the beginning of our 12 team team by team previews for NWSL ahead of the 2023 regular season. That's all we've got for you today. Thank you, everyone, for listening to us on Attacking Third. Make sure you download, follow, listen to us anywhere you get your podcast. You can watch us, too. So make sure you subscribe on YouTube to get alerts for whenever we go live. youtubecom dot slash attacking third. We'll be back with more team-by-team previews for the 2023 season. It kicks off March 25th on Paramount Plus. For Sanjordana and Lisa Roman, this was Attack and Fish.